Luke chapter 24, and we'll come up on the screen as well. Just to give you a bit of, we're going to just give you a bit of a, a context to this. We're going to jump into the middle of this story, and prior to this point, there were two blokes walking along a road, and Jesus, after he died on Friday, appears to them. And that's where we're going to jump into the story now and Betty's going to come and read that for us. That's Luke chapter 24 from verse When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Hear that. Oh, this is right. giving a background to what happened on Friday. <laughs> they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me, in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written, The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then he worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. It's great uh, to be here this morning to celebrate and reflect 
on uh, what's happened at this Easter time. It's great uh, to see you here to uh, be able to do that, to uh, reflect on what Jesus has done for us and to celebrate that as well. Let's uh, uh, give thanks to God for that, that we have this time uh, before we look at his word in closer detail. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that uh, this is such a great time of year that we get to uh, reflect on what you've done for us in your son Jesus. Father, we thank you that we get to celebrate uh, all that he's done in his death for us and uh, this morning uh, as we celebrate his resurrection for us as well. Father, as we look at your word, we ask that we would be changed by it uh, to live for you and that we might consider all that your son Jesus has done. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder what the last thing was that made your heart beat really strong. What was it? What, what kind of event was it that made your heart beat really, really fast? That took your heartbeat straight off the charts? What was an event that happened for you that made your heart beat really strong? I can think of a few. Uh, there was a time, almost like this building, in a different location. I was standing at the front of a church and the girl that I asked to marry me about eight months before was walking down the aisle. That made my heart beat really, really strong seeing uh, Jasmine, my wife, walk down the aisle to say, I do, thankfully, I'm very thankful that she did turn up. <laughs> um, when both my daughters were born, Evie and Gabby, I remember my heart pounding uh, when that happened and uh, my heart beating really strong when that happened. Um, obviously, you know, we waited nine months before and now here they are. I actually had to uh, be um, excused. I had to leave the room when Evie was born because I don't think I would have been standing up for much longer. But I remember my heart beating so strong at that time. Uh, there have been other times as well. You know, I've been in a mate's car and he loves four-wheel driving. Uh, he just threw me in the car one time and decided to go four-wheel driving up a big mountain. I thought, we're not going to come out of this alive. And my heart was beating really strong then as well. And, uh, of course, you know, there are other times as well, like when I'm watching the team that I support, the Cronulla Sharks, and my heart is beating because I want them to really win. That hasn't happened for a while, but that's, you know. When was the time for you that you can remember your heart was beating really strong? Maybe it was something similar. Or maybe it was something similar like that. Maybe it's, it's been something different. Maybe it's been starting something new, uh, that your heart was beating really strong. Maybe it was uh, achieving something that... Uh, you'd planned for for such a long time. Uh, what has it been for you that's made your heart beat really strong? Well, today as we finish off seeing the second part of what's at the heart of Easter, uh, we'll hear how Jesus has changed our hearts from broken to beating. And it's not just the, a change of heart that kind of beats in a short flutter in some of the events I'm sure that you've experienced, but how Jesus has changed our hearts to beat forever. And that's what we'll consider uh, this morning as we look at this part of God's Word. We'll consider how is that even possible to have broken hearts that are changed to beating hearts. Now, from that story that Betty just read for us, I'm sure at that time there would have been uh, hearts that were just pounding, you know, petrified from what had happened. You see, the backdrop in what took place was the very first Easter Sunday, two odd thousand years ago. And so it's been three days since Jesus has died on the cross and some women go to Jesus' tomb and Jesus is nowhere to be found. And these angels tell the women, Jesus isn't here. He's risen to life. And so the women race away and they tell Jesus' closest mates, his disciples. 
A fast forward and then we have these two blokes walking along a road and they're chatting about all that's happened. They've heard the news that Jesus wasn't in the tomb when these women went and they're chatting about that. And then Jesus appears to them. And so uh, they race away and tell the disciples as well. And that's where we land in the story. And it's real, ha- uh, real heart-in-mouth stuff, isn't it? Now, the hearts of these people, I'm sure, were just pumping and pounding, just absolutely petrified. Because Jesus goes up to the disciples and his closest followers, and it's like he says to them, boo. You know, he's kind of just peered around from the corner and boo. Well, he didn't even say that at all. Because uh, this is what he says to them here. Uh, while they were still talking about what had happened, that the women went to the tomb and Jesus wasn't there, Jesus himself, uh, himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Now, it would have been anything but peace for these guys, wouldn't it? They would have been absolutely petrified, terrified. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. Your heart would be in your mouth right about now, wouldn't it? Three days earlier... The change, though, they would have been absolutely heartbroken. Three days earlier on Friday, the one that they'd followed around for the last three years, the one that they'd ate with, the one that they'd walked with, the one that they'd talked with, the one that they watched do all these great miracles of healing people, of healing the sick, the lame, the paralysed, of, of, of the one who healed lepers, who calmed the storm. Here he is, and they watched as he was handed over, as he was beaten, as he was nailed to a cross and so they would have been absolutely heartbroken three days earlier and so the people that Jesus appears to the disciples and the others they're shocked they're petrified it, this has to be a ghost this, this can't be Jesus you, you just imagine the confusion and this, the, the beating hearts is beating off the charts how is this possible how, how are you here Jesus what's, what, what's going on I don't, I, I don't get it no, you're supposed to be dead you're supposed to be dead. This, it, it, can't be, it can't be you, Jesus. It, it has to be a ghost. It can't be Jesus. It has to be a ghost. And so Jesus goes on to show them that it is really him, that it's not a ghost. He's not a ghost. And he shows his hands and his feet, his feet and he says, look, look at the scars that the nails left here. Look, look at the scars that the nails left when those nails were punched through my hands on Friday. And he eat some fish to prove that he's not a ghost. I'm not sure what they were expecting. Maybe the fish was just going to kind of fall to the ground as they gave it to him. But he's not a ghost. It's really real. It's really Jesus. Jesus is really alive. When I was about 15, uh, my family went to Tasmania for a holiday. It was the first time that we'd uh, been overseas. And um, of course, yeah, of course, uh, it's like going overseas. Of course, the part of the trip involved going along to Port Arthur. Uh, you go there and you see all the uh, convict dwellings and the prison cells and you get, they give you the option of coming back at night and taking a guided ghost tour. It's like, I'm scared of things during the day. There's no way in the world I'm going to go back at night for a, gu- a guided ghost tour. I remember a room, they said, you, you go into this room and you take a photo of a chair and they said when the, the photo's uh, developed, when it's printed, you'll get a swish because, you know, there's a ghost there. And so, you know, we took this photo and um, waited and waited for it to be developed. There was nothing there. Um, but it would be like these guys have turned up on a guided ghost tour, they would think, seeing Jesus here. It, surely Jesus has got to be a ghost. Surely it can't be the real Jesus. No way. There's no way it could be. 
Jesus shows how real he is. He shows them his hands, he shows them his feet, and he eats fish. You know, I think the shock of the story really shows that someone coming back to life after death, it was as common back then as it is today. Now, the shock of these guys, obviously they're not expecting it. Now, people don't rise from the dead, do they? People don't rise from the dead. It's not like, you know, back then, 2,000 years ago, you'd hear about this guy, Jesus, who came back to life. And you think, oh, yeah, yeah, that's all right, yeah. Happened to my auntie. Yeah, she died. Didn't quite make it. She died. And then oh, all of a sudden, next day, she's alive. Oh, it happened to my good close mate, Phil. Got sick. Passed away. Yeah, so it, it didn't happen back then. And we don't see it today either, do we? People don't rise from the dead, do they? It's a sad reality that we know too well. And our loved ones, our friends, now, it just doesn't happen. People don't rise from the dead. I think it was as common back then as it is today because we don't see it today either. You see, I've had loved ones. I've had uh, friends pass away and I haven't seen them for years. We don't expect it to happen, do we? It, it's a sad reality that we know of too well, that people don't rise from the dead. And really, it shouldn't be this way because at the start of the Bible, we're told that everything was very good. But as we heard on Friday, because of our broken relationship with God, because of our sin, the world is broken. And the sad reality is that we experience pain. We experience suffering. suffering and we experience death. And we know that this is a sad reality. People surely don't rise from the dead. But yet, as we have in this story, one man in all of history did. Jesus was the only man that did come back to life from the dead. And the good news for us is that Jesus knew that his death and resurrection was something that had to happen. You see, in the next verses, Jesus said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. You see, Jesus knew what needed to be done and he did it. Jesus knew that he was going to go through death and a separation from the Father for us. Jesus knew, though, that three days after that he would rise to life from the dead for us. You see, thankfully, Jesus isn't like a lot of Aussie blokes, right? Jesus knew what he had to do and he did it. He's not like a lot of Aussie blokes who, think, who know that they need to uh, mow the lawn who know that they need to fix things around the house. They, they know that they need to do the washing up every night, but yet, as Aussie blokes, they don't do it. Well, maybe that's just me. You see, Jesus knew what had to, had to be done. He knew what he needed to do, and he did it. And Jesus knew that because of us turning our backs on God, because of our breaking of relationship with God, Jesus knew that our hearts are broken. And he knew that what we faced that. He knew the consequences for that is death. You see, Jesus' love for us, his love for you, his love for me, his love for the world beat inside his heart. And so Jesus went to the cross, he died in our place and took the punishment on himself and gave us a clean heart before God. But it didn't finish at that point. Obviously, we've just read the story. Jesus coming back to life from the, the dead, his resurrection means our new hearts now beat 
forever. They beat for something that lasts forever. We have a, a new life with God for eternity. We get to look forward to life beyond the grave where our new hearts beat forever in a place that has no more brokenness, a place that's perfect. And here's the thing. I think it's the realisation of Jesus' death and resurrection that the people in the story respond the way they do. You know, for the disciples and the others that saw Jesus, that saw that he was alive, uh, the pennies dropped for them. You ever had one of those moments? You ever had one of those moments where the, the penny drops and you think, oh, right, that's what it means. That's what it's about. Uh, recently I was at a cafe with a friend and we um, were just having coffee and he stood up and he said, I need to go and find the WC. I was like, I'm not really sure what that means, but I think he's talking about a room in the house. I need to go to the WC. Now, I'd kind of looked at you know, building plans and house plans, and I know that there's a WC on the building plans, and he said, I need to go and find the water closet, which is the toilet. Now, I, I didn't realise that WC stands for water closet, and it means the toilet. So I was like, ah, oh, that's what WC is. I've seen it all on these building plans. Finally, I know. It doesn't mean wheelchair. It means toilet. It's a water closet. You ever had one of those moments where the pennies dropped and you think, oh, that's what it's about. That's what it means. And so for the, the disciples who were there on the very first Easter Sunday and those that were with them, the pennies dropped. It's a big moment for them. And they realise that they're caught up in something big. They're caught up in something that has never happened before in history. Everything that Jesus taught, that he would die, that he would rise three days later, it's happened and they realise that they're caught up in something big. And so they go on from here. They realise that their broken hearts before God have turned to beating hearts. Hearts are now looked forward to life beyond the grave. Hearts that have life with God forever. You see, this story isn't some uh, ghost story around a campfire. This story isn't some uh, group hallucination, maybe similar to what's happening at the Blues Fest at the moment. This isn't just some uh, story about seeing Jesus in the bottom of a coffee mug in, in tea leaves or on toast or spotting Jesus in the clouds. This story is not just some nice sentiment remembering Jesus in our hearts or how lovely he was that he would help so many people or some nice sentiment that he would uh, sacrifice himself for others. This story isn't some pie in the sky when you die with Jesus floating around on some fluffy white clouds. This story is, is so much more real than that. It's so much more tangible. It has so much more weight than any of that stuff. See, this is a story about the truth of Jesus appearing in the flesh three days after he died on a cross. And the disciples are amazed. And as Jesus was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. And this is what they said that they did. They worshipped him, the disciples, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. You see, they're caught up in that now. They realise what Jesus' death and resurrection means. They realise what especially Jesus coming back to life means for them. You see, this is a story about the truth of Jesus appearing in the flesh three days after he died. This is a story about what we're caught up into if our trust is in Jesus, that we look forward to new life beyond the grave. You see, at the heart of Easter is Jesus' heart for us. That he would go to the cross 
that he would give up his heart for us, that he would die on the cross, that he would change our hearts from being broken before God, being unclean and facing uh, the penalty and the punishment that we deserved of death, but turning our hearts to beating hearts, beating with new life with God, beating for a place where there's no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death, a place where our hearts beat forever if our trust is in Jesus. See, in another part of the Bible, uh, Jesus says that a woman, I'm the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. See, that's the great truth that we look forward to if our trust is in Jesus. The truth that even though we face death, our hearts have been changed from being broken before God, of being stained with sin, of ignoring God and the consequences that we deserve from that, being changed from broken hearts to beating hearts, hearts that beat forever, hearts that beat for a place that lasts forever because of Jesus' resurrection. So can I ask you, we have a change of heart this Easter. If you're someone that doesn't trust in Jesus yet, you have a, ch- a change of heart and consider all Jesus is and all that Jesus has done. And still now you might even be thinking, well, there's no way that this resurrection could have happened. You know, we don't see it today. There's no way it could have happened. Well, if you're at that point, please uh, consider all that Jesus is. Consider all that he's done. Check out the claims that Jesus makes of himself. And you feel free to come and chat with us or chat with the person that brought you along. Have a change of heart this Easter and consider all that Jesus has done in his death and resurrection. If you are a Christian, uh, will you also have a change of heart this Easter? Does your heart beat strong for the new life beyond the grave that Jesus has won for you? Or does it beat for something that you know just isn't going to last at the end? If you're a Christian, will you have a change of heart this Easter and consider how Jesus has turned our heart from being broken, from broken before God because of our sin, because of ignoring God, but changing us to have beating hearts, looking forward to life beyond the grave because of his resurrection. If you're a Christian, will you have a change of heart this Easter? I'm going to watch a clip to reflect more on Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection this Easter and consider what he's done and our response to it. Will you have a change of heart this Easter? Will you consider the way that Jesus has changed our broken heart, our broken heart that's stained by sin or ignoring God and the consequences that we face, from changing us to that, from that to a beating heart, a heart that beats forever, a heart that beats for a place that lasts forever, where there's no more tears, no more pain, and no more death. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for his death on the cross and that he would take on himself the the punishment that we deserved for ignoring you, for breaking relationship with you. Father, we thank you that death didn't hold him down, that your son, Jesus, rose to life three days after. And Father, thank you that he's changed us from having broken hearts before you 
to beating hearts, to hearts that now uh, beat in uh, excitement for the hope that we get to look forward to through your son Jesus and the new life that we look forward to beyond the grave through him. Father, help us to consider what that means for us and how we need to live. And we pray this in Jesus' name.